Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. Hey family, this is Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for figuring out life in today's modern day. I am always so happy to be with you because in today's time, you know, we have got to stick together and bring each other up. Talk openly, loudly, and proudly about, you know, life and our lives together, your life, my life, and all that it entails. So today's show is actually all about you and really talking about how to practice this unique 21st century concept (laughs) of self-care. So what is this whole thing about self-care? And my view on it is just the fact that over our generation's of families, of leaving behind legacies, of being our better selves, I believe that what's happening is nowadays we are in this massive process of where our generation today is more self-aware than our generation, you know, two, three legacies ago. And isn't that a wonder? Because things like this concept of self-care now comes to light. What does it mean? What does it create for you and your life and how does it affect you and those around you? It really is this new, mystical, interesting, even controversial concept, but we're going to get into it today. Anyone who knows me out there knows that I am all about self-care. It's actually one of my mantras in life. Self-care It's a topic, it's a popular topic these days, but it is often poorly explained. Perhaps you keep seeing it mentioned in self-help and self-development books or online and magazine articles, and you don't quite have a clear sense of how you're supposed to add it to your life. Or maybe you do understand it and struggle with the fact that it's too out of reach for you or too demanding of your time and energy. Perhaps you are not convinced (laughs) that it needs to be a regular, ongoing, everyday practice for yourself, or maybe for you, it seems wishy-washy or even vague. Men, I'm talking to you here. Perhaps that is the case. (laughs) Maybe you think resources, time, and effort are better saved for working and for looking after others. Any of those ring any bells, family? Not sure if any of those connect to you, but it's a possibility of various reasons of why we do or do not choose to care for ourselves or not care for ourselves enough. Or perhaps you are one of those who have truly gotten it and you are a self-care whiz. So don't worry, either way, wherever you are inside of that spectrum, right? Whether you are in or out of this idea, sold or not sold, keep listening. So what is self-care and why is it so important? As it turns out, there are many different self-care approaches, practices, and not all of them suit everyone, right? We talk a lot about the process of seeing self-care as bubble baths, (laughs) as getting your nails done. It's much more a female concept than it is a male concept, you know, about taking care of our physical bodies. But it's more than that. It's much deeper. It's more visceral. That's why it does not have a gender. It is not more female than male. It is not more young than old or old than young. It doesn't quite have those facets because everyone needs to be practicing these things. 
So I'm going to give you, you know, some information, allow this guide so that it can take you through the reasons of why you need at least some sort of self-care inside of your everyday routine, your everyday rituals. And it's going to help you understand the specific changes perhaps that you need to make. So once again, keep listening. So my very first question to you is, are you taking each day to care for yourself? For some people, the answer to this question has been no for a long time, a very definitive no. Is that you, family? Is that you out there? Are you shaking and nodding your head? <laughs> for others, perhaps you have a mix. Maybe it's not as much as I should be. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're a resounding yes, I take great care of myself. And for you, it's about how are you being consistent on an ongoing basis? In fact, many people think that they are too busy for self-care and perhaps they believe they don't even deserve it deep down underneath, that they don't have what it takes, perhaps because they're not worthy enough, they're not successful enough, they're not together enough to allow themselves these, these possibilities. And then there are also the realities of life. Sometimes it may seem too far away because our resources are limited. I certainly do understand that in today's day and time. However, you are still worth every amount of energy, time, and effort to give yourself the care and nurturing that you need. So the answer is you do. You do absolutely deserve to take the time for yourself. So when we're thinking about it in that particular perspective, then we go to the other question about self-care. Why is it so important? The truth of that is taking care of yourself is your foundation, okay? You are your foundation. I know you already know this family. I know you do. And more power to you that you know that. So let's hash that out more specifically. If you're not taking care of first your productivity, your focus, your mental and physical health, family, your friends, partners, your ability to care for others, all of those things suffer. I get a very specific question a lot. The question of isn't self-care selfish? Yeah, I definitely get that. I get that question. The funny thing is, is that it's not so black and white. The answer is both yes and no, because it lives within a gray area of choice and how you view looking at this. Yes, you do often have to understand the reality that sometimes self-care is selfish. You are putting yourself before others. However, no, it isn't selfish because when you take care of yourself, you are able to put others in order. Your very next priority, your very next area of being able to turn to them and support them when they are needed. It can feel like a wrestling match with yourself, within yourself, to choose you first over someone else, especially when you are an empath or a sensitive. I am an empath for sure. It's, it's this process where you feel the energy of others, their feelings, their mentality, their shifts, their ups, their downs. You can actually feel it. Those are empaths and sensitives. And we have a very specific set of internal credences 
that make us givers and we're constantly always wanting to be there for others. It's tough when you are an empath or a sensitive or a giver, for example. Perhaps you are just a giver. You are constantly giving to others, not expecting anything in return. Or maybe you're just a parent, you know, a mother or a father, or even if it's not biological, if you're a kindred mother or father to someone, these particular aspects and many, many others of, of relationships of who you are or your relationships to other people, it can be very difficult, especially when you are responsible for another person or another part of your world, right? It can even feel contradictory to our very faith when we have been taught to be good and kind to others, to sacrifice for others, to be a good neighbor, right? It is the creed of kindness. It is the very core, being kind and giving and caring to others of many religions and faith, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, to name a few. But I remind people, also think about the phrase, do unto others as you would do unto yourselves. That means you treat yourself just as fairly as you would treat others. And that, that lesson is resounding, absolutely resounding, because that lesson not only extends to self-care, but it also extends to how are you treating yourself? How are you talking to yourself and encouraging your best actions, your best intentions, and your best self? Do you put yourself down? Do you insult and berate yourself in negative self-talk? Think about it. Self-care is an extension of treating yourself with kindness and love and indeed care, just as you are expected to treat others. So you see that it is this very infinite circle of how we treat others and ourselves. So back to self-care. Think of yourself as the root of your life. You were given and granted your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul, and ultimately your goals, your dreams, and your future. Each one of those entities of yourself must be prioritized with care and consideration. You must be nourished first, otherwise everything connected to you can't flourish to its full potential. When you think about it like that, when you have it processed through your mind like that, what comes up for you, family? My hope is, is that it brings about a little more understanding to why this is so important. Practicing self-care does not mean you are choosing yourself over your loved one. It means that you are simply being mindful of your own needs so you are better able to support the people you care about, support the things that you care about, support what matters to you in life. And when you take care of yourself, you are better able to meet the needs of others. It might seem hard at first. You might find yourself feeling guilty or indulgent or even indifferent sometimes, but gently remind yourself that you deserve the time and that it will make you more successful and functional in all areas of life that you care about. Plus, check this out, self-care has some bonuses. So let me walk them through with each of you, family. I think you will like them. And maybe one of them or two or more will land with you on why self-care is so important. So first one up, bonus number one. When you practice self-care and treat yourself well, you start to learn 
and instill within yourself the understanding of how you are to be treated by others and also how you allow yourself to be treated by others, right? Right? So how you are to be treated by others and how you are allowing yourself to be treated by others. This goes back to the instances of relationships where you are hurt or taken advantage of or poorly mistreated. Boundaries are conceptualized here and put into place and practice. And when you understand and feel what it's like to be well-treated, starting first with yourself, through the practice of your own self-care, that's how it becomes this full cycle where you can feel when somebody else is not treating you accordingly. That's how vital self-care is, right? It gives you lessons upon lessons about yourself in, and especially yourself in relation to others. Does that make sense, family? It's an excellent bonus. It, it really adds to you in the long run. Bonus number two, when a loved one is in crisis, you are better equipped to help them. Because now we are living in today's day and age where crises are happening pretty much every single day. But when you have yourself taken care of, you can respond to others because you can, because you have the energy and the mental and the heart capacity, right? You would have the capacity to be there. And I'm telling you, if there is one thing about relationships that is absolutely vital, it is about simply being there for your person. It makes a difference. Bonus number three, you grow. You grow. Not to mention those around you do too. You usually grow best when you are cared for and nurtured, right? Think of a gardener and a potted plant. A plant often needs to be put into a pot so its roots are protected and it has a chance to grow. Which gardener are you with that plant? If that gardener puts that plant into a pot of nothing or a pot of sand or just a pot of just water, it dies. Or then puts the plant into a pot of soil but never checks on it again. Never waters or feeds it or adjusts its care in any way. That plant will still die. Or the gardener who puts their plant into soil, yes, and then also waters and fertilizes it, checks on it and makes sure it gets plenty of nutrients, plenty of nourishment with the water and, and lots of sun. That plant thrives and grows. Which gardener are you? And think about that in the practice of your self-care. Imagine where you'd be a month, two months, a year from now practicing intentional ongoing self-care efforts. Imagine where then you, your family, your friends, your loved ones, and community will be because the seeds that you planted are often grown to nourish the forest, right? So more bonuses for you. I actually found and adapted from this wonderful article on the lawsofattraction.com blog. And it's all about their version of the five types of different kinds of self-care. Sensory, emotional, physical, spiritual, and of course, social. I'm definitely going to share a link on the podcast page. So definitely check it out. But meantime, that article also shared a lot of extra bonuses. So bonus number four, so sharing from the article, 
Bonus number four, better productivity. When you learn how to say no to things that overextend you and start making time for things that matter to you, you slow down life in a wonderful way. And this brings your goals into sharper focus and helps you to concentrate on what you're doing. Another bonus they share that I will offer as number five is improved resistance to disease. The article shares, there is evidence that most self-care activities activate your parasympathetic nervous system. What that means is that your body actually goes into a restful rejuvenating mode, helping it to fortify its own immune system. So think about this in the opposite of your brain going into survival mode. On survival mode, your cortisol increases and you have adrenaline released. A lot of times that links to feelings of anxiety, stress, and lack of control. So when you are practicing more self-care, you are doing the opposite for your brain and putting it back into rejuvenation. Then similarly, with better self-care, often come fewer colds, cases of flu and upset stomachs, right? Less headaches. So less stress and a better immune system surely help you feel more physically able and capable and strong inside and out. And of course, less and less likely to be sick. The article also shares about enhanced self-esteem, which I'll offer as bonus number six. The article shares when you regularly carve out time that's only about being good to yourself and meeting your own needs, you send a positive message to your subconscious. Specifically, you treat yourself like you matter and have intrinsic value. This can go a long way toward discouraging negative self-talk, remember we're talking about that, and listening less to your critical inner voice. Love that. Another mention is increased self-knowledge, which I will offer as number seven. So practicing self-care requires thinking about what you really love to do, the exercise of figuring out what makes you feel passionate and inspired and can help you understand yourself a lot better. You know, that whole aspect of self-awareness and how we were talking earlier about how our new and current generation has more self-awareness. If you think about it, this is the spark that can often change a career or reprioritize certain things in life that are meaningful to you. So there you have it, several excellent bonuses of self-care. And I'm sure if I were to ask, there are arguably many, many more. So there is massive importance in self-care. So to switch gears a little bit more on the importance of self-care, we're talking about the aspect of your mental health, right? That it directly affects your mental health. Practicing self-care as a level of self-awareness can help you to recognize patterns in your emotions, including events or situations that perhaps have been triggers or produce symptoms that are not helpful to you in your present moment. It also can help recognize what activities or tasks are necessary you know, of your well-being to soothe your negative symptoms of a mental health challenge or distress. Or simply, it's the process of allowing yourself to feel pleasure, to feel relaxation or rejuvenation when you do go through a period of major stressors. So it is always important to make sure that you are checking in with yourself and understanding your own limits. So I have another article for you. Again, check it out on the podcast show notes page. 
And this one I got from Vibrance Emotional Health's online blog about staying in balance, healthy solutions for managing workplace stress. But of course, we're going to use this for everything else. They ask you a series of questions, and I'd love for you to think about them yourself. Do you feel anxious or full of worry? Are you unable to concentrate? Are you feeling achy or sick more than usual, or perhaps more often than usual? Are you particularly sad or generally unhappy? Do you experience levels of overwhelm, or perhaps you are constantly worried? Are you irritable or short-tempered? Are you often tired and fatigued and exhausted? Do you experience feeling lonely or alone? Those are signs of stress. Furthermore, are you having trouble remembering things? <laughs> I'm laughing because that is just that is just the case, right? <laughs> How many of you are struggling with that one, family? I definitely have that one myself. Are you having trouble relaxing? I remember we just had a podcast with that. How do you relax? Are you having trouble getting work done, handling your responsibilities? Are you having trouble making good and positive decisions? If you're struggling with any of those things, you also may be going through more stress than you realized. Finally, have you used alcohol, cigarettes, or drugs to feel better? Have you been sleeping too much or perhaps too little on a regular basis? Have you been eating too much, overeating, binging, comfort eating, or perhaps are you eating too little, avoiding the thought and process of food and eating? So on that same note, have you gained weight or have you lost weight? You've got to pay attention to our bodies, right? Have you isolated yourself from friends and family? This is a tough one because now in the times of quarantine and and mandated isolation, you have to recognize when you've done it according to what is necessary from your community, from your state and government, versus what you are doing on your own. You still have the ability to reach out and communicate and talk to people. Have you done that enough lately? Zoom, Skype, phone call, text, sending a message, or even small gatherings that are still allowed in this time and period with our quarantines. Have you isolated yourself from friends and family? If you have had days, if you've had days without going in contact with anyone, this is a definite ping and red flag. And finally, have you lost interest in activities you used to enjoy? If any of those questions are the case, you also may be dealing with more stress than you realize. These are important to always ask yourself in how you are managing stress and handling your everyday life challenges, right? Ultimately, it reveals the state of your mental health. So if you think stress overload, anxiety, depression, trauma, or any other mental health concerns might be too severely negatively affecting your life, remember self-care is a response that you can do to support yourself directly. So self-care strategies for managing stress. Remember, there's a lot of different strategies, but they really come down to basic things. Remain socially connected, maintain a healthy lifestyle, make time for yourself, and then most importantly, know when you need to ask for help. 
main things are talk to the people in your life that you trust. If you don't have anyone that you trust, who is out there for you that you can foster that kind of a relationship with? Have you nurtured that relationship enough? Or you just need a third party. Remember, therapy and counseling is always there to support you. As a therapist myself, I love to support my clients being able to address these processes of keeping mentally healthy, keeping mentally well, practicing their self-care, and then ultimately supporting how they're working in their lives to care for themselves, care for their loved ones and their communities and be their best selves and make contributions to their community and to the world. And remember, this is why the podcast started. One of the questions I always get is, do I need therapy? So if that thought process has come into your mind already, the answer is yes. And it's okay to ask for help. Asking for help is a sign of strength because that's how you connect yourself to what works. All right, family. So now, without further ado, I wanted to share with you my 20 easy self-care ideas you can do for yourself, particularly for your mind, body, and soul. So first up is the mind. First, mix up your routine. If you drive a certain way to work, try a different route. It's fun being a little adventurous, so always challenge yourself. If you have a normal routine, you know, throw something extra or a little bit different into that. That way your mind goes through the flexibility to adapt and many things can come of that. Sometimes it can be stressful, but other times you end up finding and learning more about yourself than you realize. Plus, sometimes delights and surprises can show up and can be added fun and enjoyment to your day. Number two, be mindful during something you do every day. There's so many ways we go on autopilot, right? Driving, walking, eating, getting dressed, even brushing our hair <laughs> and our teeth. But every day you can choose a way to give yourself the full attention. Slow it down. Notice the colors, notice the sounds, or perhaps even the steps involved, and take the time to be curious on what you're doing and all the interesting connections attached. Number three, do a mini meditation. <laughs> you guys also know I'm very big on meditation. Take three minutes to sit quietly, breathe deeply, and focus on your body. Where it is, where you are, how your body feels from head to toe, and then kind of how you're feeling inside. Aches, pains, something feeling good, something feeling strong. It's very interesting to always take a nice mini meditation to understand how you're feeling inside. Number four, feel free to mute electronics for an hour or two. Put your phone on silent, turn off the computer, ignore social media for even just an hour. It can really make the difference. It's good to have time away, you know, every once in a while, right? Or number six, start keeping track of compliments. This is one of my favorite tasks and homeworks that I do with my clients. Whenever someone says something nice about you, remember it, cherish it. Those are kind words meant only and specifically about you. Don't brush them off. Don't put them on the back burner. Don't just hear it and it goes in one ear and out the other. I wanted to hit your self-esteem and your confidence. You might even enjoy to write them down or keep them as notes on your phone. When you collect them, it's called a compliment practice or compliment jar <laughs> or compliment collection. It's really nice because you compile these lovely jewels so you can read them later on bad days and you can actually end up giving yourself a nice boost. 
But remember, those compliments are, they're meaningful. Self-care practices for your body. Breathe, deep, full breaths. Um, Try to practice twice a day, morning and night. You might be amazed how much difference it makes. Deep breathing, rather, is essentially the process of allowing your body to take in more oxygen. And of course, that is helpful to oxygenate your blood, your cells, and all the processing of your body. Number two, make your meals simple. Sometimes eating healthy seems overwhelming because we don't want to take the time to plan. Think about it in numbers. Think about just choosing two recipes for each meal this week. Two breakfast ideas, two lunches, and two dinners to make enough to fill the week right? Or others, it may be the actual ingredients. Try turning to things that are just five ingredients or less to make your meals more simple. Sometimes that can be of real help and give your brain a kind of break. Number four, try out an essential oil. These are so great. When you take it, you rub it in your hand and intake it by cupping your hands. Oranges and citruses are very good for alertness. Peppermint and eucalyptus, eucalyptus being my absolute favorite, is wonderful for soothing. Lavender is good for calming, especially at night. So explore the scents that you like the most and perhaps you'll find something that makes an extra hit to your everyday routine. Number five, take a short nap. This is so hard for me. (laughs) I am not a napper. So I have turned to some napping. I've gotten it up to 30 minutes every like once every two weeks. (laughs) Every now and then, treat yourself to it 10, 15 minutes if you can, you know, and just allow yourself to lay down quietly. Quiet, dark, soothing spaces available just to breathe and center are the best spaces for this. Number six, laugh. Laugh a lot. Watch an episode of something that's funny. Listen to a fun podcast or a comedian you enjoy. Laughing also helps your body relax and release tension. And did you know it also releases endorphins, the happy hormones? Number seven, move your body. Even if it's just for short periods of time, let yourself walk up the stairs instead of taking the elevator or run to your car. Park your car in a farther place in the parking lot to get extra steps in or a walk out in nature. All of these things we at least still can do, right? In today's day and age, stretching, a quick yoga routine. So not the exercise intense type of movement. That's not what I'm talking about. Just the kinder, gentler movements without extreme pressure or exertion. So move your body. It's really another easy, simple way for self-care. Self-care practices for your soul. Number one, write for 15 minutes about anything on your mind, any frustrations or perhaps dreams, just thoughts in general. Write only for yourself and without judgment. Number two, pets. (laughs) Do you have pets? Pets can be such amazing therapy and it's actually out there. It's called pet therapy, especially dogs and cats. They have their own personalities. They love unconditionally. They love to be close to you and petted. Um, They give you love in times of stress. If you don't have any, check out the local pet store or shelter to connect with ones needing help. Or if you know the friend with a pet, check in with your friends who have one and see if you can stop in and give a squeeze or take them out for a walk or anything like that. Pets are really, really amazing at adding joy into our lives. I know there are those of you who may be allergic or who don't roll that way, but it's just something to think about, (laughs) you know? Actually, petting a pet helps release endorphins. Again, the happy hormones. 
Number three, smile. Yes, smiling. Just get out and smile at someone. The next person you interact with, even if it's a complete stranger, someone you don't like, take the time to smile. There are two reasons for that. One, smiling actually interacts with our brain processes and muscle memory in particular. Your brain actually recalls other moments when you have smiled and it connects your brain closer to those moments of happiness or joy or memory, whatever it is that made you smile. So the actual practicing of smiling connects you closer to those times and moods. Makes sense, right? Also, number two is, you know, smile. You can be the bright part of somebody else's day. And hey, perhaps it could even strike up a conversation. Try it out. Number four, utilize your strengths. Write things down that you're good at and brainstorm ways you could actually use those strengths to do something new, like a new hobby or a business idea. Ooh, I love business ideas. That makes me happy. So (laughs) check out your strengths, go back to the drawing board and see, hey, what is it out there that you can do? Number five, have a date with yourself. I know this is strange, but it's a real thing. Spend an hour doing something you love, like reading, walking around a museum. Yes, we can still do that with a mask or spending time outside. Yes, you deserve it. And just take your time to be just with you. It's a way to connect with yourself and practice that self-awareness and purposefully give yourself the opportunity to enjoy that moment because you're doing something that you like to do for you and from you. Number six, find beautiful things. As you're going somewhere or driving or walking, look around you. Look around you. It may be, you know, a gloomy day or a not fun day or a stressful day, but if you are looking for it, you can always find beautiful things along your way. Things around you that are not subject to the difficulties of the day. But take the time to look for them. And if I may offer, you know, kind of like a I spy kind of thing and notice five beautiful things that you see in your world around you. Number seven, talk to yourself lovingly. Positive self-talk. Pretend you are your very best friend and you're hanging out with him or her all day long. Be kind, be gentle, be funny. Crack a joke. Talk to yourself how you would that particular person. And make sure that you're always ending on the note of encouragement, positivity, and love. So all of that are just little bits and pieces of some 20 things that you can do, mind, body, and soul, to practice self-care. I'm hoping that you see that the efforts are not as huge as you think they are. They're not the things always of what's in the beauty articles or women's days of beauty. They are much larger when you're talking about the process of self-care. They're more about the connections that you give to yourself throughout the day that lift your spirit, that boost your mood, that connect you closer to what matters, what or who matters to you most. Furthermore, we've also talked about what self-care strategies are and why they are so important. So I'll wrap up family by sharing, I hope this was helpful to you, just to get a little bit more about what self-care could mean for you. And whatever you decide, just remember, even 10% differences in what you do for yourself make a difference. 
No small step is too small. Everything counts. And remember, with each and every ounce of effort and energy it takes to, to do self-care, to practice self-care regularly, ongoing, and intentionally, you are worth it. And that is the lasting lesson of the day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and mental wellness. <laughs>